Hey there, Cristalista. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I am your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. This. 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 Is your life. This is your destiny. Right now, you're living it. This is your truth. This is maybe your Thursday, your Friday. It's your weekend. Yeah. And for some reason, you have chosen to incarnate into a life where you are listening and connecting to us bumbling fools, the spiritual gaze. Which means your soul has good taste. I mean, fierce taste. Impeccable, some might say. Yeah. You should be feeling so good about yourself right now. Can we just take a moment for you to feel just like so damn good about yourself? Yeah. Like what would it take for you just to say out loud right now, wherever you are, I don't care. Maybe you're in an airport. Just say, I'm fucking amazing. I'm fucking amazing. Say it with me. I'm I'm fucking fucking amazing. amazing. How did that feel? Felt really good, actually. It felt good. I hope it felt good for you. Listener, friend. Listen. If you are managing to get out of bed, if you are managing to like put together a Luke and like walk around in the world with some kindness in your heart, you are fucking amazing. Honey, even if that Luke involves sweatpants and a headband, you are rocking it. Honey, sweatpants and a headband are absolutely a Luke. It's what I'm wearing right now. Well, there's no headband. Let's not lie. I know, but I wish I was wearing a headband. Well, incorporate it. That could be your fall trend. You know what? I'm ready for my headband fall. Bring it on. Get it, girl. (laughs) We're well caffeinated. We went and got some pumpkin spice lattes. Because we're that basic But I have to say, the pumpkin spice syrup that they use at our local coffee shop is anything but basic. It's not too sweet. No. It's made with real pumpkin puree Mm -hmm. and maple and the barista. She was giving me the whole rundown about it. Yeah, it's made by a sweet, loving... Spiritual man. Yeah. Named Brian. Named Brian. Shout out to Brian, who will never Brian. listen to this podcast ever in a hundred years, but it's fine. I was at the coffee shop today. This is my check-in, but I just have to tell this story. So I'm at the coffee shop picking up lattes for me and Mabu, and I'm waiting, and I noticed that this woman standing waiting for her beverage had astrology tattoo on her ankle, three glyphs, the Aquarius glyph, the Capricorn glyph, and the Aries glyph. And that's my sun, moon rising. So I had to ask. So I said, I love your astrology tattoos. I said, do they represent your sun, moon rising? And she said, yes. And then I said, well, what are they? And she said, I'm an Aquarius sun, a Capricorn moon, and an Aries rising. And I was like, girl, that is my big three. And we had a whole kiki about it. It's like your soul's sliding doors moment. I know. Like, did your soul enter her body for a moment and hers yours? No, but we made some really good eye contact. I bet you did. And she just was like, thank you so much. Like, I really needed this boost. Was she gorgeous? She was beautiful. Was she fun? She was super fun. Was she successful? Yes, she was successful. Oh, my God. See, it was your doppelganger, your soulful doppelganger. Yeah. But I have to say... Did you exchange numbers? No, we didn't exchange numbers, but I asked her what her birthday was, and she said it was January 15th. (laughs) And that's not actually Aquarius. Okay, you left that part out. I know. Because I didn't want to, like, challenge her in that moment. So she's not the same as you. No. So I guess she's a (laughs) Capricorn sun Aquarius moon, and she doesn't know the difference. (laughs) 
which is a very Aries rising thing to do. Oh my god! I mean, you left that part out when telling me this. Yeah, I'm still reconciling it with myself. Okay, so she's not your spiritual doppelganger. No, I guess she's not. She's a version of. She wants to be. Any hoodle. We've had a lot of caffeine today. Pobrecita. I know. I think her name was Eileen. Well, Eileen, if you're out there listening, you need to have your chart done. Girl, before redone. you go get it tattooed on your body. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that was all correct. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm living for that. So good. Uh, all right. Well, full disclosure, uh, this episode will be released on October 20th, but we are actually recording this a week and a half in advance of that we normally like to record the week of so we're feeling really current and uh connected to the present of yeah. what's going on for you when we release it we but... also procrastinate i just like to procrastinate <laughs> <laughs> she do but uh so i love I. a deadline you know like nothing gets me more productive than a race to the finish honey that's how i got through college that's why you could be so successful on the amazing race why because it's always about like, a race to the finish yeah you're just in the moment maybe and you're just pushing people aside just yeah to get to the end no it would not be a good look oh no you would be a monster the greatest villain of all time my aries rising would get me in so much trouble <laughs> including my face which just like judges oh, yeah. people and i'm not even aware of it it'd be amazing i mean there'd be like the memes of my face doing things would just be i wouldn't be able to show my face in public ever again but you'd be so entertaining oh well, you would because you would have a whole fan base and people would love you i mean obviously i would love you and at the end of the day when you won <laughs> i hope you would love me of course i would and uh, when you won and you got toward the end you'd have like one of those big emotional breakdowns oh so true. where everyone like realizes and you're like oh my god i lost myself along the way but isn't that like living a spiritual life and everyone be like oh my god i relate to that and then like we'd realize that like oh you're a beautiful spirit I don't think my nervous system could handle it. My nervous system can barely handle going to a concert. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I don't think I can go on the amazing race. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you to, I'm not advocating for it, but I'm just saying, I do think you would do well on it. Maybe I would. Um, Maybe I'll throw my hat in the ring. (laughs) Life is short. Yeah. But anyhow, so yeah, so we are uh, recording in advance, um, but uh, we are, uh, but what is also time? Also not. Exactly. I was just about to say. But we're also exactly when and where we're supposed to be. And here we are. Should we check in? No, wait. Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah. I'm Angel. Hey. I am a writer and a film producer. Cool. And a uh, lover of all things metaphysical. Oh, tell me more. A teacher mm. of astrology, tarot, and other spiritual practices. Yes, teacher. Uh, I also work as an astrologer and a healer. And I love you. I love you too. Who are you? I'm somebody who loves you. Mm-hmm. I'm just a non-binary spirit healer standing in front of a producer, astrology teacher, asking him to love me. I'll think about it. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, I'm Brandon Alter. Uh, yeah, I'm a spirit healer. I'm an astrologer. I'm a tarot reader. I'm a writer of songs and stories and newsletters. 
that I actually am just reminding myself I have to put together <laughs> for this week. So you should sign up for it because they're usually pretty good. They are very good. Um, I always love the emails that come in after you've sent them. They're like, oh my God, thank you, thank you. It's so cute. Yeah, people really read them. Yeah. Or they unsubscribe. <laughs> but not a ton unsubscribe. No, but you best believe I'm clocking who unsubscribes. Oh yeah, we see you. We see you, unsubscriber. Why do you hate us? Why? I mean, if they unsubscribe from from the newsletter, they're probably not listening to the podcast. True. Um, I love how we were out to dinner the other night and we there's a waiter at a restaurant we love who we'd become friendly with and uh, we were chatting with him and uh, I think we it came up somehow that we had a podcast right like I think he asked like so you guys have a podcast or something and uh, I was like yeah I was like it's like a little bit almost like narcissistic the first like 20 minutes so just be prepared for that. <laughs> we just kind of were like talking about ourselves and our lives but you really get to know us in a better way and he was just like laughing um is this narcissistic i mean are we narcissists who isn't okay that's fair i think there's just like modulations of it right yeah i guess i mean i don't know if it is i don't think it is but at the same point, I do think it is. <laughs> Who cares? Check in. What's going on in your life? <laughs> You're right. I'm going to do it regardless. Um, What is going on in my life? Honestly, it's like, it's hard to really understand <laughs> entirely what's going on. It's hard to understand entirely what is going on in my life. It all feels like it's moving at a rapid clip. I feel like a lot of you can probably relate to that. I feel like uh, there's almost no time to pause. Uh, been keeping things just very busy. which I think has actually been good for me on some level, like mental health wise. I don't feel like I've been drowning in some of my just like own inner sadness. I feel like that has now like been more transplanted towards like, just like a sadness for the world. Um, because obviously there are just, just terribly, sad things going on in the world right now and it's just like uh, a painful I don't know everything that's going on in the world is just like so painful to be like experiencing and obviously we're not experiencing it directly um, but but it affects us obviously yeah of course it affects us and knowing that it affects people we love on like a even closer and deeper level is like very saddening and uh i'm just like um i don't know it's like hard to be hopeful right now about it all but you kind of have to be but then it starts to like make you think how do you translate that to your own life like when I've been in these like places of real like despair and sadness. I do find that I'm able to ultimately find some hope in it. And I guess that's like all I can do, but it's hard to wade through all of the just 
awfulness to get to the hope. So I feel like a lot of the world is just kind of in the awfulness right now, and that's saddening. So trying to be present for everyone and everything as it shows up, and also just like really trying to be present for my own world. Uh, We were just the subjects of our friend's son's short documentary. We just shot that over the weekend. And this like sweet 16 year old was sitting across from us and asking us like questions about being the spiritual gaze and why we do what we do and what do we get from it and just all of these kind of sweet innocent questions that I honestly hadn't really thought about and um in being present to that experience it was nice because it did give me a sense of just gratitude for this work and feeling like I do have some sense of purpose and sure I'm not like saving the world by any means and I am not like who is yeah I don't know but I don't feel like I'm you know affecting millions in some like positive way at this very moment in time but it is nice to know that we can create something that offers people some joy some peace some element of like nourishment it's nourishment a yeah and personal growth don't diminish it oh i'm not diminishing it i'm saying stop like stop diminishing it i'm not diminishing girl it. why are you tearing it down i'm kidding i'm just joking i know don't get so annoyed with me i'm just trying to stay focused sorry stay focused and i just feel like a lot of gratitude for that. Like I feel a lot of gratitude that we have this opportunity to, to do something like that um, for you all. So hopefully uh, we continue to bring you some sort of joy and nourishment and help you along your path as you yourself wade through whatever awfulness you are going through and find hope so that you can also be experiencing some joy. Yeah, I mean, I'm tracking a lot of what you're saying for me, too, personally. I mean, I know Angel, like, requires a lot more alone time because of that cancer moon than I do. But I do require a fair amount of alone time. But maybe something about Libra season, which is really all about other people that's helped me to, like, get out of my head and into my life and to, like, receive nourishment from other people, which has actually been really lovely. Even if it has been busy, like these encounters like having that documentary was so sweet and really like sitting across from a 16 year old while his parents are present and giving him his very first astrology reading oh yeah there was that was wild so wild was so fun and obviously like there were some things that we had to be aware of articulating while in the presence of his parents you know but that was super fun and super nourishing and then yesterday we went to the pumpkin patch with my brother and his fiance and their new baby, my little niece. 
And that was like just so nourishing. And I just remember that like other people are what help us get through the tough times. And maybe in Virgo season, because Virgo really is about like what's happening internally and we can just like overanalyze and get kind of like stuck sometimes in our own process. We feel like we have to like do everything on our own. I definitely feel like Virgo season was very insular for me. I'm grateful to like be out in the world. And then last night we went to Jesse Ware and it was absolutely one of the most, and I should just preface this by saying, I'm not a concert person. I don't love a concert. She's not. It's a lot of crowds and it's a lot of waiting and standing and it's just kind of a free for all. And I don't always love that. But last night I had one of the best concert experiences of my life. We saw Jesse Ware at the Palladium. I had a really great Luke, which I'm very proud of. Gorgeous. No photos, but that's fine. It was, it was for, if you were there, you were there. Yeah. If you know, you know. It was written on the water. And second to last song, Jesse Ware sang Believe by Cher, which is literally the song that would bring me back from the Upside Down. And then she came down through the audience and literally where she chose to walk down was right where we are. So like the crowd is splitting from the back of the audience towards <laughs> yeah. the stage because she's walking towards the stage. And I'm literally standing there like right in front of one of the security people. And I was like, oh, my God, like she's literally coming right to me. And as she came down, I looked at her and I was wearing my mask because we're going on a trip and I just don't want to get sick. And so I pulled down my mask because I wanted her to see my face and she clocked it and she winked at me and then she blew me a kiss. And then I basically died. You came back from the upside down. I did. She brought me back from the upside down. And then she closed with free yourself. And I really did, honey. I freed all of myself. We all did. So any hoodle. I am getting out into the world and I suggest that you do the same because if the world is the thing that is breaking our hearts, and it is, I think the world is also the thing that will help them to heal. So yes, like tend yourself, don't overextend yourself, but also don't forget that there is a beautiful world out there and there are people that love you and can nourish you or at least commiserate with you and go find them. Don't hide. Don't hide from your life. Don't hide from the world. You got to free yourself keep Keep on moving up that mountain top you got to free free yourself oh so good so good it was so good i also appreciate that there was nobody younger than 35 (laughs) that was a concert for adults and everybody behaved like an adult very much so yeah um well good well that was beautiful i feel um I don't know. I'm hopeful that we are having our own uh, personal shifts, which we have both needed. I feel it. Yeah. I, I feel in the vortex a little yeah, bit. Me too, which is nice. It's been a while. Girl, it's been, <laughs> it's been at least a year. Yeah. So um, I really want to make a meme of, you know, Meredith Mark saying you can leave to uh-huh. Angie K in Palm Springs. I want to make that meme to 2023 at the end of the year, because <laughs> that's how I feel about this year. Okay. You can leave. You better post that before some other queen does. Well, I'm it's claiming good. it right now. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just post it early. Yeah. It's an eclipse season meme. Yeah. She's yeah. ready for a Scorpio season entrance. Girl, me to 2023. You can leave. But yeah. it's not over yet. And there's still a lot of adventure and excitement and accomplishment that's available. So even though you can leave, 
Until you do, I'm going to make the most out of you. You salty, saucy. A rough chariot year, if there ever was one. Yeah, but the movement is palpable. palpable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were having like a late night decompression after the concert with uh, shout outs to Sasha, who's our hey. new best friend, who we definitely want to have on the podcast, and Will, who's our dear beloved. Hey. And we were talking about how time is speeding up, and we all feel that. Will sometimes says that time has abandoned us, which is also true. And then Sasha brought up that the Mayans were right, that in 2012, it's not that the world ended in the way that we thought, but maybe we did like a whole timeline jump and that the world we live in now is so much darker than it was and we are not in the same dimension, which is very Aquarian spiritual gaze food for thought. But we were also talking about like maybe it wasn't that the Mayans were wrong because I don't think they were. It's just that we weren't able to like translate how they were articulating what 2012 actually was. Yeah, we were articulating it through our own perception of right. time and what that means. You know, like 2012 is a disaster movie. Right. Like, you know, it's all going to come crumbling down when it was really more of a metaphysical, spiritual. Yeah. They were like, no, no, it's the end of an era of living in a certain dimension. Yeah. The end and of civilization. As I'll be known honest. It. I want to I want to jump to another dimension because you can't jump back, but I got to jump forwards. Well, we can roll over into something else that's hopefully a little brighter and hope more hopeful, but I don't know. We're not doing so well. Let's jump on the count of three. One, two, three, jump. Okay. I don't know if we're going to land though. No, we just did. I think this might be better. Mm, I want to, I don't know. I feel a little weird. Should we jump again? Yeah. All right, here we go. Everybody, three, Two, one, jump. Oh my God, I'm young again. We jumped back. No, you can't jump back. You can only jump forwards. But I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we head into this episode's Cosmic, Cosmic Update? update. There's a new sun in the sky. Turn the tide. Turn the tide. Would that new sun be the sun entering Scorpio? Girl, it's coming. She a coming. She's coming. It'll just be a few days away when this episode drops. Are you ready for the transformation? Yeah, very much so. I mean, she's already been coming on. You know, we had the Mars shift into Scorpio. And what I think is interesting about that Mars shift into Scorpio is that it kicked off like right away with a Mars trine to Saturn. So already, and that Saturn being in Pisces, so already there was this like sense of connection to the spiritual work that has been in process and now perhaps trying to align the actual work we're doing in the world, the movements we're trying to make with the spiritual work that we have been slowly progressing on since Saturn moved into Pisces. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then the sun just like gives it power, gives it light, grows it. When I also think too, is that like the Mars needs to come in and like, give it some structure, some better structure and boundaries, right? Because Saturn doesn't entirely know how to craft structure and boundary 
in Pisces. Like, it's challenged by that. Yeah, I mean, how do you organize water, you know? Right. You put it in a pool. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you, you build it, it a lake. Yeah, there's a fountain in front of the Bellagio. Right. Or it just, like, swells up and tsunamis you. everywhere. Swallows you. Yeah. So... I think there is a lot of this like challenge to structure energy at play. Mm. You know, we also had Pluto uh, station direct in Capricorn. Ooh, can we talk about Saturn and Pisces as the challenge of structuring the unstructurable? Mm. Mm-hmm. Go on. Just that that's what Saturn's trying to do always, right? Codify and quantify and like, keep things neatly organized and Pisces defies all of Saturn's powers. So Saturn has to learn a new way of doing what Saturn does. Right. But with Mars in Scorpio, which is the resiliency, the tenacity, like Mars in Scorpio has what it takes. Yeah. To, and it, give Saturn a little bit of what it needs, you know? Like Mars and Saturn, they're buddies, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're war buddies, you know? Like they're they're not necessarily the people like you would want to go out dancing with, but they can help support each other for what's tough. So just don't give up is what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't give up. If you're like working on something and it seems like impossible, you know, because Saturn and Pisces is, is working in the realms of the impossible. Pisces is an impossible dreamland. Mm-hmm. Mars has clicked in to help. And now with the sun kind of following behind Mars as Mars is like paving the way and then we'll conjunct Mars and then we'll overtake Mars in the sign that Mars rules, the impossible might become a little bit more manageable for you you'll see a light at the end of the tunnel. You're just going to have to become a different version of yourself in order to get there. Cause that's what Scorpio asks of all of us is how do you become a different version of yourself in order to survive? That's what nature does. You know, in these transitional seasons, it loses its leaves or it gets its leaves, goes deep underground, goes high into the sky, finds the sun. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. And I think every Scorpio season is one of like deep change and transformation, but This one has such an additional potency with that Mars there and Mercury will have shifted into Scorpio as well. So there is just this like real strong urge to like just move forward, move on. Like I think uh, I was having this conversation actually with Will last night about this whole need to to release the battles we've been waging within ourselves for so long like i think that's part of this whole aries libra nodal story for everyone it's like what's the old war you've been waging within that's been halting you from finding the necessary level of peace within yourself and recognizing that it's time to lay your fucking sword down and stop the war it's a ridiculous war that you don't need to be fighting anymore. Uh, for myself, thinking about like issues I have with like body and body image and realizing that it's a war I have been fighting since I was a child and getting to this point in my life, like why am I fighting this war within myself? 
Like it's destructive to every other element of my life. And it's only keeping me still and needing to lay the mental sword down and say, we're done. Let's just be in presence and make choices from a sense of like inner peace. What will bring that? Okay, so choose that. Yeah, it's like a ghost war. Yeah, totally. Like you're fighting somebody and like there's nobody there. Right. So I think that that's what some of this Scorpio season is about, especially because we are in the midst of eclipse season. And the eclipse is the washing away. And this eclipse that's going to happen on the 28th, full moon, Taurus Scorpio, lunar eclipse. It's the end of like a really long cycle because that eclipse season has been going on for what feels like forever. Um, We had those eclipses last year. We were already dealing with Taurus Scorpio, but this is the last one. This eclipse is basically the encore. And after that, the show's over, honey. The lights come on and you go back to your life. There's no more after this. So this is kind of like smoke them if you got them for Taurus Scorpio. Yeah. Because the nodes are already in a new sign, but there is this like last gasp, this thing that has to happen. And the chart for this eclipse is really potent. It's going to be intense and strong, but also magnificent in its potentiality to transform you and the world around you. Yeah. There is just like so much potential for personal growth with this chart and recognizing where you challenge yourself in unnecessary ways and where you allow other external circumstances uh, to challenge you and particularly your response to them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because we're going to have both Mercury and Mars opposing Jupiter on that same day, and then they go into an exact conjunction the following day, but already having Mercury the mind, Mars action, both having these oppositions to Jupiter, the planet of expansion and growth, who wants to just be like, hey, let's be an abundant joy, and how do we move more toward that? And the mind and the actions being like, I don't know if that's possible. But it's like, well, how can we expand ourselves into a greater understanding of what abundant joy really means for ourselves and what personal growth, like what we need to really, really do to uh, grow ourselves up? Yeah. And then the Taurus element, you know, the moon exalted in Taurus. So Scorpio can be a challenge because it's what you can't see. It's what's under the surface. But Taurus is right there. It's the physical. It's your body. And it's the environment in which your body is deeply and intrinsically connected. So it's a mystical moon, but it's also imminently practical as well. Yeah. So I would just say like, you know, as your gay mom, as your spiritual gay mom, I just like be smart about how you engage with the world that night and also like that weekend, you know, because people are going to be a little loosey-goosey in all directions. Yeah. Yeah, try to engage in the world that you want to be living in. And just like from a grounded place, you know, do what you got to do to be grounded. And that just means like in your body and present. I always forget which one they always say like the Buddha got enlightened under. I mean, like 
you know, I don't know if we really have this, but is it the Scorpio full moon and Taurus season or is it the Taurus full moon and Scorpio season? Regardless, the energy's there. Like this is a this is an enlightenment energy where you yeah. kind of wake up to something in a big way. Yeah. And here's hoping that uh, the people making decisions in the world uh, wake up in some way. Girl, wake the fuck up. Please. Wake the fuck up. All right. Well, I think it's time for us now to transition into our deep dive. We are so close to the end of our series for the Houses of Astrology. Only two more to go. And um, I think we need to get into this week's Deep Dive. So here we are, kids. We have entered the realm of the 11th house. But we've always been in the 11th house when we're doing this podcast and engaging with you. Yes. Because that's where this all lives, really. Yeah. So, as we've been doing in this astrology untucked series about the houses, <laughs> yes. we are going to cover what this house means and how to work with it. Yeah. And the houses, not unlike the signs, they all have relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. So, the 11th house, it's rising up towards the 10th house, right? Which is the tallest part of the chart. So, the 11th house represents everything that helps us kind of aspire to our career. Mm -hmm. The 11th house holds our dreams and our beliefs. It's also the house of our social resources. So it's the groups in which we gather. In the case of the spiritual gaze, the 11th house is our audience. It's you. You're Mm -hmm. in our 11th house. Yeah. So it's it's a place that is traditionally known as the place of good fortune. Right. It is a house that is celebrated. Um, it's almost like free money in a way, like <laughs> the energy in the 11th house, because it's where Jupiter has their joy. Remember, we've been doing the planetary joys. Not every house has a planetary joy, but Jupiter as the planet that grows and connects and bestows blessing is most at home in the 11th house, because those are the things that really take place in the 11th house are wider web. And I would say our network, our social network as well, especially in these modern eras. Mm -hmm. And our community. Yeah. Yeah, it's that community of friends, like that network of people that you really weave yourself within. Uh, That's what's at the heart of the 11th house. There is a sense around the power of a collective in that 11th house. But then ultimately it's like what you do to help power that collective energy. And you mentioned dreams, um, but I want to be like specific about that. You know, it's like really like your ambitions, 
You right, know, right, right. Like the your, dreams you have, your yeah, waking your dreams. wishes for your life. Because your sleepy time dreams, girl, that's a twelfth house. Yeah, but it's really those like personal hopes and dreams that you have for yourself and that you have for the world. It's like I always like to tell people, it's like your relationship with the world. Yeah, that's actually really good to distinguish the 11th from the 12th and also from the 9th because I think the 9th house is your beliefs yeah but the 11th house they're what you want to be true they're what you're aspiring to your worldview perhaps but like the things you like believe to be true that's more 9th house exactly yeah yeah and you know, because it is that mirror to the fifth house, right? And that fifth house is a place of creativity, of personal expression within yourself. Yeah, then this 11th house is like, all right, well, how are we then exhibiting that for others? Yeah, totally. So I think it's interesting because every time we've done one of these episodes, what we've been talking about from the beginning of the podcast in some ways reflects the house that we're going to be diving completely into. Yeah. And so what Angel and I were talking about earlier in terms of like needing other people to buoy us and that other people can be the source of our hopes and our dreams mm-hmm. that like we're here to be in relationship with each other. Yeah. The 11th house is the place we go for for the sort of nourishment. Where do you go, my lovely? I don't know this song. For nourishment. That's it's an old kind of housey song. Oh, got it. Um, but it is. It is really that place. And it's the types of people that you need to connect to, right? Like that sign that rules your 11th house, I think, gives you a sense of your networking friendship style you know and the the way you approach those types of relationships and your relationship with others large groups the world right and your ambitions yeah how do you feel about a concert how do you feel about a conference right (laughs) the 11th house can certainly indicate that yeah no i think so too so that's an interesting piece of it as well i also just wanted to point out some of the other like traditional things it rules because i always think those are fun yeah you know it it, it rules airplanes sure computers okay varicose veins huh electricity they connect yeah galaxies sure ballots what ballots oh actual voting ballots right i know what that is yeah uh, humanitarian causes, of course, obviously, and like unexpected gains. Like it's like wealth that you like receive without like fully working for it. But but then there is other attributes as well to like earned wealth that also comes in the eleventh house. Yeah. Well, we can see some of the Aquarian crossover, right? Like in a more contemporary astrological worldview, you mm-hmm. can associate some of the significations of the signs with the houses. So Aquarius as the 11th sign has some resonance with the 11th house in terms of like community and humanitarianism and yeah, definitely technology for sure. Mm -hmm. And when you say the 11th house rules astrology, would I say the 11th house rules astrology? I've seen that. It could. I mean... I feel like I would put astrology more in like the eighth or ninth. 
potentially the 12th. Yeah, I feel like the 12th is where I would But astrology is it. a science, you know? Like, yes, it's an art. And when you look at a chart, there is a intuitive aspect to it, which is 12th house. But it's also, like, very organized. Yeah. Which makes it feel a little more ninth house, you know? That, like, it's a, it's a philosophy. It's a... And then it's got, like, the occult aspect to it which is eighth house right but then it is on some level like speaking to the collective yeah i don't know i think like i would say that aquarius rules astrology but not necessarily the 11th house right yeah yeah i don't know where i would fully allow it to fall yeah it's interesting you know because we always think of aquarius not the 11th house but aquarius is like being above where the action is happening mm-hmm. so you're able to interpret it and see it more clearly now that's also why it can sometimes be challenging to be in a relationship with an aquarius because you're like hello are you even here who said that well you all the time when talking about being in a relationship <laughs> with me but being twenty thousand feet above sea level has its advantages because you're able to understand what's really going on mm-hmm. so it's interesting that the 11th house rules airplanes because that's also something that happens like when you're up above you know right yeah um, but I also think like when you're on an airplane, there've been all those studies, like you're more emotional, you know, because like you're in transit, you're like yeah. between where you've been and where you're going. And there's something about the 11th house too. Like what is a dream or an aspiration, but that space between where you've been and where you want to be getting to. And it's the people that you surround yourself with that are going to make or break how that trip ends, but also whether or not you're even enjoying how you're getting there in the first place, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, how do you know this isn't just a dream you're having? Okay, RuPaul. (laughs) My goddess. So that is like a little like spoken track on, I don't even know what album of RuPaul. The realness. it's literally called A Dream You're Having. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my phone and the Bluetooth in my car, there's only like 12 songs that like like cycle on repeat so whenever i turn on my car there's like a couple of songs and there was a period where every time i got into my car i just would hear rupaul go how do you know this isn't a dream you're having (laughs) so and if it is a dream does that make it any less real and i'd be like girl i am just trying to get to the dentist okay (laughs) like i do not have time for an existential crisis i gotta get on four freeways and park in fucking beverly hills I'm going to put that on the Scorpio season playlist. That's a good thing to do. Might even go in the next breath work. Um, but anyhow, we digress. Thanks, Rue. So the 11th house, what does it mean for you? If you have placements in the 11th house, how do you live your life? Do you have placements in the 11th house? Yes, I do. What do you have and how does it affect you? Okay, well, I have Jupiter in Aquarius in the 11th house. Wow. Talk about good fortune. Hey-o. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky for the most part. Uh, and I think having Jupiter in the 11th house, and especially in Aquarius, means that I am blessed with like a large community. Like I have a lot of friends. Um you are the picture of large community. Yeah, I just like love people. And I, I like engaging it. with people. And I am an air sign, so I'm able to like tend those relationships pretty well. Like, you know, I love to roll calls and just chat about life with my people. Talk about nothing, which is really talking about everything. But I also think that 
to be just like totally honest and transparent with myself and with anyone out there that's listening, like Jupiter in the 11th house is why like I want a big life. I want to live in a big world. I'm not somebody that wants like a small, quiet life in a cabin on the hillside. Like that sounds nice every once in a while. But for the most part, like I want to be in the cities. I want to be where the people are, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that also means that because Jupiter is about growth and expansion, that like the place where I have my breakthroughs is with other people. Um, you know, Jupiter is also a teacher. So having Jupiter in the 11th is why I am a teacher in groups. It's why I like working with groups. Um, you know, I have a lot of Scorpio placements too. So like I do like one-on-one -on -one stuff. And interestingly, the ruler of the 11th for me is in the 8th. So Saturn rules Aquarius. So the 11th house um, is ruled. Well, actually, my 11th house opens with Capricorn. Uh, but that's also Saturn. So, you know, like <laughs> my Saturn and Scorpio definitely like flavors my 11th house, which is kind of why like if I'm not going to go all the way in in a group, I'm probably not going to enjoy myself. I'm going to be like a little bit on the outside, like wondering why I'm here waiting to go, you mm -hmm. know, which is kind of like how it is with concerts. Like last night I went all in, like I was there and I left it on the floor. The night before we went to Tovalu and like I showed up and like I heard some of my favorite songs, but like I stood on like the outside of like the dance floor and I was just like kind of like checked out, you know? So if I'm in a group, I bring Scorpio to it. Like we're going deep. There's an intensity. There's a one-on-one. -on -one. Like you probably feel like you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with me, even though like I'm talking to all of you in a way. Mm -hmm. That's just my Saturn and Scorpio, you know, uh, that rules that 11th house. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I think that is something that you are so good at expressing out this sense of, intimate direct connection with people that you've perhaps even just met yeah or just like even like bringing that sense of intimacy to group work yeah well i guess i would just say generally speaking too i mean just jupiter in the 11th house is a very auspicious placement yeah no i have i have a planet in their joy yeah I did it, everybody. You did it. Okay, because we're almost at the end, I think let's just remind y'all of the planetary joys. So Mercury is in their joy in the first house. Moon is in their joy in the third house. That's me. Venus is in their joy in the fifth house. Mars in their joy in the sixth. Sun in the ninth. Jupiter in the eleventh. And I'll just give it to you early. Saturn in the twelfth. Mm -hmm. So again, even if these planets are in signs that they don't traditionally love, being in a house of their joy really empowers them. So that's something fun because maybe you just realized for yourself like, oh my goddess, I have a planet in their joy. It gives that planet a big boost. Yeah. So it's like a placement you should really be putting more emphasis on because it wants to be a real source of help in your life yeah it's a pretty happy planet and happy planets make for happy people yeah so i think you utilize that jupiter in the 11th pretty well even if i can like share 
what I thought was funny yesterday when we were driving to go to this concert. Um, well, we were earlier in the day, we were driving to that pumpkin patch and you called your friend, Will, had a very like beautiful, emotional conversation and really wanted to connect first and foremost on that level. Yeah. But then you said, as I overheard, like, okay, and I'm also calling to use you. <laughs> Correct. Uh, because there was like a conversation about a parking space that Will yeah. could help us with, which ultimately he did. Yeah. But then he also like got a ticket for the show, which he wasn't initially going to go to, and then went and basically like, you know, entertained us, was our entertainment springboard to yeah. the show because we were able to walk from his house and yeah. like provided like this beautiful little communal space for us and his other friend to come and we all like came together and shared. So it was just like really funny because you that was like such a Jupiter in the 11th at work. Like I'm here to connect with you, friend, but also I need to use you for a piece of good fortune. And it worked out. Honey, the 11th house, friends with benefits. When I say <laughs> hey, like these hey, are your hey, resources, slow not, down. not sexual. I mean, slow it down sexual, there. But I'm talking about like, you know, it, it's not transactional. Yeah. The 11th house, these are not transactional relationships. You'll find your transactional relationships in the 6th house, potentially in the 7th house. But the 11th house, these are people that you actually want to be surrounded by, but they can also help you and you yeah. help them, you know? So yeah, did I know that maybe Will could get us a parking spot? I did. But I also wanted Will to be there. And the crazy thing is, and maybe you have people like this too. In my life, there are certain people that like when I'm around them, I either become more intuitive or they become more intuitive. It's like with our powers combined, we become more than what we are. And for months, I have known that Will was going to be at that concert. Right. I was like, aren't you going? And Will was like, no, I don't have a ticket. And I was like, okay. But I like we both just knew it was going to happen. So when I called him that morning, he still didn't have a ticket. But we also were both just like, but maybe I'll see you later. And then, of course, he called me that afternoon and was like, girl, somebody invited me to that concert. And I was like, honey, I knew so it. So funny. Well, you're a witch. I'm a witch. So I have Mars in Pisces in the 11th house. Go so. on. <laughs> Mars in Pisces. Uh, already kind of a challenged situation, right? Because Mars is that like go, go, go energy. And Pisces is like, go where? Go there? What about there? Where do you want to go? How about here? So it has this kind of go with the flow energy when Mars is like, I want to control the flow, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I do find in my 11th house with that Pisces energy there that I do really, I think, contribute to spearheading community in our lives. I think I've always been on in some capacity, like at the forefront of a community that then kind of becomes like my larger friendship networking circle. Uh, that's happened a lot with me um, really since I can remember having like legitimate friends, you know, like high school, like being in like theater groups and you know and and in theater school and having like a community around that and then starting a theater company in college and sort of bringing together this group that I spent pretty much all of those years with and similarly like when I moved back to LA and 
uh, like I would create these and sort of co-create these communities uh, through like work environments. And it's always these like groups that come together. Um, and then when those start to flit away, it like becomes like, all right, well, who are the actual real friends that I want to hold on to, you yeah. know, that that moon and cancer and the third wants to really hold on to and like have a deep emotional conversation connection to. But uh, I do think that's what that like Mars and Pisces does. And I think it is like almost like it's like helping to bring a constellation back into formation is how I would almost look at it for myself. Like recognizing because it's this, the Pisces part, right? It's like this spiritual, soulful, energetic connection. So helping to be kind of like a movement conduit to bringing this constellation of people back together to help create this circle, this network, this production group, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, and you've got that Jupiter in Taurus in your first house, which is ruling that 11th house, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the Pisces. Yeah. And so there is like an optimism and like a buoyancy that you bring. And I just always go back to whoever that guy was. He had no idea that he was going to be canon in our relationship. But that guy on that one movie set where he said to oh, you like, uh -huh. oh, yeah, Angel's job is to bring the vibes. And I really think like Mars and Pisces in the 11th, like you're the vibe bringer, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, while that Mars and Pisces can get swallowed up by whatever is like the tempo of the space and can sometimes have trouble like keeping the tempo that it wants to set mm -hmm. it's also bringing that perfume in the room you know <laughs> yeah mars yeah. and pisces take act take action in invisible ways and people don't know exactly what you're doing but they feel it when it's there and they certainly feel it when it's not there right like people feel it when you're not on set people are like oh shit you know and they don't like it <laughs> right right um, well, I, I hope that's the case. Yeah. It's funny though, because you know, like we always like kind of playfully talk about like we're Jupiter and Saturn, you know, and it's just like fun to kind of watch all the ways that it like plays out and we mm -hmm. swap sometimes, you know, like I'm oh, not yeah. always Saturn angel isn't always Jupiter, No, but certainly in terms of the 11th house, like your 11th house ruler is Jupiter and mine is Saturn. And that definitely like is express sometimes in the way that like we just like teach and engage and like even record this podcast yeah no i agree with that for sure but yeah so i think having that mars in the 11th house for you uh does make you one who like motivates towards large groups connections makes you a leader in those groups those organizations you know a leader for humanity yeah but the style of leader is the sign yeah so like angel's got mars and pisces in the 11th so that makes him more of like a spiritual leader but if you have mars and capricorn in the 11th then you're just a business leader you know yeah yeah um but i do think those moves then can help bring some sort of fortune to you as well so there is like a a connection to people to events to activities that then help bring more fortune into your life yeah 
Uh, two words I just like want to highlight, and then I think we should just like keep taking the planets through the eleventh house since we've basically already started with that. But friendships, obviously, like friendships is a very eleventh house thing, and these can be one-on-one friendships, even though that might be more seventh house. But I do think like the people that we love without, um. Like, there's something about the seventh house that, like, requires commitment. And, of course, like, I'm fiercely loyal to my friends, but there's something that's just a little bit easier about that. Like, those easier relationships are in the eleventh house, you know? Yeah. And then politics can sometimes be an eleventh house uh, signification because these are large groups. So people that have a lot of, like, you know, eleventh house placements can sometimes, like, be big politicians because they're speaking to bigger groups, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, if you have Mercury in the eleventh house, you're probably somebody that wants to communicate with large groups. You're a writer, you're a speaker, you're a preacher, you're potentially a politician, you know? Mm -hmm. Because Mercury in the eleventh house is wanting to share ideas with, you know, and stories with large groups of people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. and then the type of story that you want to tell is the sign that rules your eleventh house. Right. Yeah. So if it's Scorpio, it's a ghost story. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. If it's uh, Libra, Libra, it's a love story. It's a love story. Exactly. Or it's a poem. Yeah. Aries, a story of war and takeover. Taurus, it's a catalog. <laughs> what you want to buy? <laughs> totally. Gemini, it's overwritten story. Or a choose your own adventure. Ooh, I like that. Uh, but let's back up even further. So Sun mm -hmm. in the 11th, yeah. you know, you definitely are somebody that shines in groups. Yeah, you are the star of the friend group. Correct. And you might find that sometimes your challenge is, is that like when you're alone, you don't know who you are. Yeah, you over-identify. With, with the groups and the communities to which you belong. Exactly, I yeah. think the danger of this too, and I'd be curious to look at some like influencers charts, even though I really don't want to have to do that but i wonder if you know people with a son in the 11th also like have a big social media presence too possibly yeah i was just going to even say too like perhaps over identify with just like the world in general right it's like something's happened in the world and that like becomes your personality yeah like you know it's like all i can talk about is this thing that's happening right now in the world yeah totally because remember the fifth house is like where you express yourself and it's just kind of like for you you know and like the 11th house is where there's a little bit more of like an exchange. And so you might become hyper fixated on how you're being received mm. as opposed to just how it feels to express what you have to express. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a definite connection to, to people and uh, these groups. So use, you know, trying to use that to the best of your ability. Try not to shy away from that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think of like maybe the fifth house is like the stage and then the 11th house is like the world stage. Mm -hmm. You know, like fifth house theater, 11th house, like the theater of war, you know? Oh, I don't know why. And this might not even make sense. But when you said the fifth house is the stage, I was like, oh, and the 11th house is the auditorium. Oh, where it's all taking place because there's like the lobby where you buy the merch and like the bathroom where you like fix your face and... But I was even thinking like it's like you go to the theater to like experience some sort of creative story, you know, that then speaks to you. Yes. And the, or the 11,000 is maybe where you go to an auditorium to watch a lecture. 
Oh, interesting. I was just thinking like... But the, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it's literally the stage. It's right. like where the play takes place. Yeah. But then the 11th house is everything else. It's the whole building. So it's right. like the people that you chat with and the step and repeat or the bar. and Also like, correct. Yeah, yes. like the whole community of people going to the theater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, the moon in the 11th. You know, you love yourself through the connections you make with others, through the work you're doing to help make the world a better place through your friendships yeah and also through the hopes and dreams that you have for your life like perhaps really being like emotionally motivated by some sort of personal hope you have for yourself or for the world all right we talked about mercury let's go to venus in the 11th house Venus in the 11th house means you have lots of friends, so many friends. Beautiful friends. Beautiful, gorgeous friends. Maybe you work with your friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have rich friends. <laughs> Maybe you're a part of 10,000 friend groups. Yeah. You can't keep them straight. Correct. You're just like, oh my God, now I have to go see the work group on Tuesday. I'm seeing the book club group on on Friday. I'm seeing my... Mahjong crew on Saturday. Okay, that is the most random thing you could have ever And said. then the BDSM folks on a sun- for Sunday afternoon. Wow, okay. Well, you're definitely Uranian if you have all those different groups. Lots of interests. But I think that somebody with Venus in the 11th is probably the same wherever they go despite having a lot of different friends yeah i like that like you are not changing who you are from the mahjong group to the bdsm group and i also feel like you probably like to throw parties and like bring all of your different friend groups together yeah yeah i could definitely see that um but really just wanting to have like relationships with so many people and to really feel like you're experiencing the world and everything that you go after uh, then we have what well, we talked about Mars and we talked about Jupiter. I just want to say one more thing about Venus in the 11th. It's oh just yeah. Like, I think Venus in the 11th, like the great love story of your life might be with you and your friends. Oh, I love that. And I think like just knowing that that is something that like really nourishes your heart are those like deep relationships with your friends, you know? Oh, that's sweet. All right. So we've talked about Mars. We've talked about Jupiter. So a Saturn in the 11th house. So initially, you're probably pretty challenged by groups. <laughs> you're probably like, I don't want to go. I don't like it. You're like me, right? With my Saturn ruled 11th house where I'm like, I don't like the crowds. I don't like the parking. I don't like the lack of personal space. Yeah. But then I get over it because I have Jupiter there. And I'm like, no, but this is actually really fun and really nourishing. So the truth is, is that your work is in getting comfortable in those spaces, in having a comfort with being seen in large groups but you're definitely going to be challenged by it initially completely yeah i think there is like a responsibility though that you may feel because that's a, a saturn element there it's like i have a responsibility to show up for this one group or this one organization um whether that is a chosen responsibility or not i think depends on your chart Um, because Saturn can sometimes like force us into situations and that sometimes then allows us to confront whatever fears or you know limitations we have within ourselves like 
I don't want to be the leader of this group, but suddenly here I am, right? Because I said that one thing that everyone responded to, and now they're like, you should be in charge. And it's like, oh, God, that's the last thing I want. But here I am now. Honey, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Because Saturn in the 11th is also a teacher, too. Jupiter and Saturn, those are the two teachers. So if you have one of those in the 11th house, you will not be able to avoid being a teacher at some point in your life. Yeah, you are meant to be at the front of the classroom, of the auditorium. Like, you're meant to have the microphone. You're on the stage, babe. Yeah, so just find your ability to do that however you can. Uh, Uranus in the 11th house. Ooh, she got kooky friends. <laughs> She's very Unusual eclectic. communities. Yeah, that might have been even more what I was talking about, right, with the... Uh, the Venus, it's like the, the, there's so many friends, but yeah, the Uranus has the really eclectic friend groups. She worked on a kibbutz and she's retiring on a commune. Yeah, but, or you might just have one. Yeah, like one that is like, would be defined as countercultural, right? Yeah. But also, you know, if Uranus is how we free ourselves, you get free through your friends, your friends get free through you, like communities and networking, like this is fo- this is liberatory work for you. Yeah, so you're you the also might rod. be like a revolutionary, you know? Yeah, you're the one who kind of comes in and just changes the game. Activism and organizing and protesting and furthering humanitarian causes, that's your bag, baby. Yeah. Secure it. It's like you show up to a meeting for the first time and you can tell that like everyone is like dancing around like one person's feelings. And at the end, you like raise your hand. And you're like, so why is everyone afraid of her? And everyone's right. like, oh, shoot. Well, because she's the she's the financing. And you're right. like, OK, but like, is she really in alignment with our cause? Totally. <laughs> why is she the only one driving a Mercedes? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but also, oh, yes. And now we said it. And now we said and it, now honey. we said it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's like some, yeah, like shaking up the, the status quo of things with that 11th house. You know, Uranus, Uranus also is chaotic mm-hmm. and unexpected. And so if you have Uranus in the 11th, you might find that you have a lot of different friend groups or communities over time. And that as you evolve and you change, your communities change too. And you're looking back at your life. You're like, oh yeah, there was that time when I used to like hang out with that whole group of people and that doesn't even exist anymore. And now I'm with this whole group of people and that's okay. That's part of your evolution, you know? Yeah. So if you have other placements that have maybe, you might be like a sweet like Libra seventh house baby, you know, who's like, why can't I like keep these friends? What's wrong with me? And it's like, no, it's just part of your evolution. Like, don't blame yourself. Like... You're meant to keep transforming and changing. It reminds me of that saying that like you usually see like embroidered on a pillow at home goods that like friends come in for a reason, a season or a lifetime, you know? So with like Uranus, a lot of, a lot of seasons, you know? Yeah. I just ordered that pillow. It should be coming. Oh, great. (laughs) It's got fall leaves on it and a little frog in a sun hat. Oh, I love a frog in a sun hat. I know you do. So Uranian. <laughs> Y'all, this is such a fucking uh, non sequitur. But Angel bought these Squishmallows because oh we bought one Squishmallow for Halloween decor last year. And then Angel felt like they needed a friend. And so Angel bought another. So we have these two and they just like sit on this like little poof that like faces us when we like watch TV. 
And I swear to God, these two Squishmallows represent Angel and I so deeply. It's so stupid. We'll post a picture of the Instagram. Yeah. One's a spider with a witch's hat and one's a werewolf with like a with like a jack-o'-lantern candy carrier. Yep. So we'll let you figure out who's who. <laughs> I think it'll be pretty obvious. All right. Neptune in the 11th. You're drawn to spiritually based groups. Yeah, creative. but also maybe boozy groups. Yes, groups to check out. Maybe you love a bar. Honey. I have, you got a lot. Of, you got a bar friend group. Yeah. You know, you're the one who walks in. Everyone goes, hey. Um, but yeah, I think there is like a connection to religious organizations, spiritual organizations, uh, perhaps uh, when we're coming from that like personal hopes and dreams angle, like, you know, yours is like much more vast, you know, like I'm here to like sort of just pray for the spirit of the world, you know, like there is just that kind of like deep soulful connection to the world. You also, I think on some level are super sensitive to the feelings and the experiences of others. Yeah, I think that's actually a great thing to talk about, which is that if you have a planet in the 11th house or just a planetary ruler might speak to how you connect with groups. So Neptune, you're connecting with groups subliminally. Yeah. It's not so much about what's being said, Mercury, or being done, Mars, or being exchanged, Venus. It's really about what's being intuited or... Um, empathized yeah so you may find yourself as like the soulful center of a group yeah or very overwhelmed by groups because you walk in and everything everyone is feeling on the subway just like washes over you and you're like i gotta go home i gotta catch a cab i gotta get drunk (laughs) well hopefully don't know but that's why of course yeah when you're overwhelmed is when you like try to numb yourself i mean a lot of people with very sensitive neptunes or, you know, just strong intuitive placements in general can be prone to addiction because if they can't control it, it feels like too much. And so obviously like drugs and alcohol, that's the quickest way to numb yourself and to dull those intuitive senses so that you're not picking up everything that you don't know how to control. Yeah. Food, sex. My Mars and Pisces doesn't know what you're talking about. And now Pluto in the 12th house. I mean... (laughs) And now Pluto in the 11th house. She's a powerhouse in groups and communities. Hell yeah. Yeah. She likes to go deep. And the way that she might relate to groups is in needing to like transform them. Yeah, but it can have an aggressive energy. It's Bethany Frankel on TikTok. Oh, girl. (laughs) Be careful. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get on TikTok and have my face really close to the camera and talk about like things, like structural things that I think are wrong. But I'm also going to like aggressively speak about my like addiction to like a certain type of pasta or something. You know, like there's yeah. just like a real intensity that comes totally. with the way you connect with the world. But you are on some level like perhaps holding a position of power whether it's societal power, social power, you know, or like power based on the infrastructure of where you work or your career or what have you. Um, So there is like a lot of power that you hold for the collective within your groups. uh, And then it's learning how to utilize, express that power in a way that is helpful. And I think really staying connected to what are those greater hopes, ambitions, 
always keeping those as the North Star so you make sure that you're not um, falling off course path. But I feel like there can be like some dark leadership too, you know, like there that can fall into place there. So it's making sure that uh, you don't fall into any tr- potential traps of overutilizing your sense of power in that in whatever space it, it wants to exhibit in. Yeah, totally. I actually think Bethany Frankel is like kind of a good example, even though she doesn't have Pluto in the 11th, like the way that she is like a destroyer of worlds, but also like there's something like not terrible about what she's trying to do with like getting all the housewives to have like just any reality TV performer to like have a better contract. Like she's transforming a community, but sometimes like in the effort to transform something, she just destroys it. And you just have to be careful with Pluto because like Pluto is so powerful that like a little bit goes a long way and you might not always have an understanding of your wake in groups, you know, in the world. Right. Exactly. So just heightening your awareness is key with that one. All right. I feel like our episodes have all been rather supersized lately, but maybe it's because I'm talking right now instead of just being direct about the fact that it is time for our tarot card of the episode. All right, here we go, everybody. Just take a moment and drop into your heart. Take a couple of nice deep breaths and you can connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. Just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. I'm pulling from the Tarot Obscura deck, which is created by Alex Burden, who we will be bringing on the show for a spirit talk next episode. It's the Ace of Pentacles which is very auspicious. And I think this is a helpful reminder that eclipse season doesn't just take things away, it brings things in. It's not just the exits, it's also the entrances. So there is some sort of auspicious new beginning, something you can feel, taste, touch. It's a it's a birth, or at least the conception, you know? So just look around in your life over the next couple of weeks for what's wanting to come through and to begin in like a fresh and healthy way. You know, this could be a new job. This could be a new house. I've actually been talking to a lot of people in my friend group recently, and it's like somebody's moving, somebody's getting a new car, somebody's got a new job, somebody's got a new opportunity. That's the Ace of Pentacles. It's a door into a new realm. And it's a beautiful garden of earthly delights and you get to explore. So just pay attention to that. Love it. Something new coming in. Ready, ready, ready. Something new coming through for you. Hey, thank you all so much for tuning in, listening to our tomfoolery. But hopefully this tomfoolery was educational, was informative, was fun. At least maybe brought you some fun and peace. Uh, this moment in your life. We adore you. We love you. Thank you for being our 11th house. Until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.